to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We're grateful that you're joining us today. On our last episode, we talked about five game-changing choices that you can make in your life. We talked about it's difficult, but you need to start today. This is the second part of that podcast. Of course, across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. And I need to ask Shane to uh, kind of describe what he's seeing as we start the podcast today. Shane, what are you seeing today? Well, there's something a little different today than normal, Mike. What's going on? Mike has on what I would call a motorcycle vest. Uh It's a black leather vest. It's a real leather vest. It smells like leather. Yeah. And uh, he has it on. It says Reverend Mike (laughs) on the front. (laughs) Reverend Mike. That's... His last name is Mike, and and his mother looked at him, and, and they said, what are we going to name him? She said, how about Reverend? So Reverend Mike is on the front. It is a motorcycle vest. I mean, yeah. it's it's like a vest that motorcyclists wear, and you want to know why? Because Mike bought a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and he now legally drives and operates yeah. said motorcycle. So Mike, how's it feel to be kind of like a biker? Well, I've given myself over to the lifestyle. Oh, I love it, man. I mean, I, I, love got, it. I got the vest. I got the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I go to Target and pick up stuff for my wife on my motorcycle. Oh, wow. I went to a, a grocery store recently and got her some soup when she wasn't feeling well. I feel like that's what bikers do, Shane. Yeah. And, and is it true that you drive a Vespa? <laughs> No, that's no, not true. No, that's not true. That, that's inaccurate. All right, what do you drive? It, it's a Royal Enfield 350 Classic. 350? Yeah, that's All a, right. That's, that's a big power. bike, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge bike, man. People ride well, those across the country, right? 350s? Well, my, my presence, my 510, 170 presence is so big, I, mm. I need a smaller bike. Oh, I got it. So then, you know, that kind of makes up for that smaller CC. So basically, uh, you have a low CC motorcycle. Yeah. That you're gonna put on like your your motorcycle leathers to go across town to run errands for your wife in the suburbs. <laughs> yes. Am I missing anything? No, <laughs> no. You summed that up nicely. I like it for normal. Yeah. So that's that's kind mm. of the lifestyle. I sprinkle a little bit of riding in now, but I should say this vest is uh, there's a little motorcycle club we have at the church, and uh, they got me this. Uh, awesome. And uh, I'll be going and praying over some bikes soon. So I'll be hanging out with the bikers, praying over some bikes, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't try to go too far on a low CC bike because it'll be kind of like riding a horse after a while. <laughs> I mean, those are not really, really heavy bikes, right? I mean, you they're okay for a couple yeah, hours, it, right? Th- but you wouldn't yes. want to you wouldn't want to ride one for ten That's hours. Wear you out one and a half hour at the at the most, yeah. and it's a really nice bike uh, for me and the the type of riding I want to do. And I don't know if I'll ride any more uh, than a couple doing this for a couple years. But Shane, it's just trying to go out, have a little bit of adventure, mm-hmm. and uh, just get out on the road, try something new. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Now, you ever afraid that like a real biker will pull you I'm off ter- of your 350 and just beat the crap out terrified. of you? <laughs> terrified. And that's why I will not be wearing this vest often. Terrified. <laughs> Things across yeah. my mind. Oh yeah, biker gangs are real. Oh, do you <laughs> think? Yeah. So yeah, I've already uh, 
thought of some apologies in my mind. Oh, I like it. I like so, it. So, Mike, I, I'm just going to throw a, a word at you, and it probably has nothing to do with you. Poser. <laughs> Does that factor into any of this, or would you say more of a novice than poser? Because you're not, you're not walking no. around with, ta- you know, you didn't go get all tatted up to try to suddenly become, no. uh, you know, to look more like a biker, right? I will right? tell you that I never thought I'd have a biker vest. Uh, so this is as far as I'm going, and I'm doing this right for now, the group. But you may end up really but, liking it and getting a big bike someday, I, right? I really doubt it, but... Who uh, knows, man? Who knows? I don't want to say that for sure. I think, though... This is kind of the suburban type of guy who rides a bike. So I, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a poser if I try to try to like really get into the lifestyle, which right, I never right. would. So right now I feel like I'm just a suburban guy with a little motorcycle. That's okay though, right? You know what? I'm believing it is. Yeah. So would you feel like Mike that you're trying to somewhat reinvent yourself? I, I don't. Is this that? This is adventure. This is hmm. a little bit of adventure. Shane, you may not know this about me, but I'm. There's actually, a lot of things I don't know, Mike. But you don't ask for some reason. I don't. I'm not curious. <laughs> but go right ahead. Maybe our maybe our listeners will be. I like to be. I like to have a little bit of adventure, and I haven't had much adventure for about a decade mm-hmm. and a half, Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is my attempt to get out and try something new, and I like learning new things. And uh, yeah, so that's all this really is for the most part. Now, do you have a sound system on your bike? I mean, like, do you play "Born to Be Wild" while you're going to Target to run errands for your I, wife? I got a speaker. Do you? I, I just I, I attach it to it, mm-hmm. and uh, I just blast that music as loud as I can. Steppenwolf. Yeah, and then and then Chris Tomlin, Chris Tomlin and Steppenwolf mix mm-hmm. is probably back what you're after, forth. right? It feels it feels me whenever I do that back mm-hmm. and forth. I like it. I don't, but I think I told you the story that a couple last year after I got my motorcycle license, mm-hmm. I tell you this thing about my dad. He has a spider, I believe it's called. It's got the three wheel. It's a three wheel motorcycle. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Basically no, a, you didn't tell me this. Mike. Okay, he's a. It's like a. You know, it's basically like a car. Right. And so I, right after I got my license, he must have knew I was going to ask. I go, this is like around Thanksgiving, and I said, hey, Dad, can I, can I get on the bike? And he's like, okay, tomorrow I'll let you on. So I was really excited. It's a small town we live in. There's not a lot of traffic. So the next day I'm ready to get on his bike, and he's like, I'm going to show you how to use it, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I got on, and he said, all right, let me get on with you. Oh, boy. And he's not exactly a small man okay my my dad he's about three spins on the old scale gotcha and so he he jumped on the back with me and i thought to myself well what choice do i have this isn't my bike i'm either going right, to ride right. the bike with him on it right or not at all so we rode around my hometown with him on the back he had light light rock 97.5 playing on there mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm on some kids social media account i like it yeah and so yeah. uh i would say I, mean, I was really truly embarrassed uh but yeah. yet i share it share and this it is your dad yeah yeah, so so I'm just trying to get this right. So you're on a three-wheeled motorcycle mm-hmm. with your dad, mm-hmm. who weighs over 300 pounds, yeah, listening to the Little River Band. Yeah, I think it was like Brian Adams, Please Forgive Me or something. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I get it. All right, yeah, it's got to be, I don't know. I don't I feel, feel like your respect is, is like uh, going up for me right no, now. No, I feel just hearing the story was an exercise in emasculation for me personally. <laughs> just hearing the story, I can only imagine what it would have been like. I can to, feel the distance you're creating. There. I can feel it. Yeah. All right, we better get to the I don't content. know, I've really enjoyed this. Right? This is like the highlight of my whole day. Ooh, this vest has a smell. Oh, it does, but it smells good. I will say that leather smells good. New baseball gloves smell it great. It smells a little bit like oil, don't you think? A little, but it's it's cool. That's a cool vest, man. That's kind of I would say that's a classic American motorcycle vest. It looks good. 
Oh, thank you. Thank You're you, welcome. Shane. All right, let's move to the content today. So we've talked about these game-changing choices. Like I said, five last time. This time, we got five more. This comes from one of your blogs, Shane. People can find it at revshanebishop.com. So let's get to our next game-changing choice. Cho- choose to reboot your dreams. A little bit of my motorcycle life, rebooting my dreams. Well, it is, but it, it, it's it's something you wanted to do. You're you're in a position to do it at some level. Mm-hmm. Why not? Absolutely. So why is that important for game uh, game changing choice, Shane? Well, I think dreams keep us engaged. They fill us with hope. They they keep us working hard. And and I think that having something on your calendar to which you're looking forward mm-hmm. can get you through many a difficult day. You know? Uh, I think one thing that's important though is, is to remember to differentiate between a dream and a pipe dream. You know, for example, you know, I'm I'm 60 years old. If if my dream was to play for the St. Louis Cardinals, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if my dream is to go to a Cardinals fantasy camp, there you go. That's a realistic thing to it. do. And so I, I'm just saying, kind of differentiate Absolutely. between a dream and a pipe dream. Had the opportunity last year, might have been this year. I don't know. It was this year. Had the opportunity to uh, go to Bush Stadium and with at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event, I got to take batting practice off uh, a former St. Louis Cardinal pitcher, Kyle McClellan. I was in Bush Stadium uh, hitting the ball. I can still hit. And so really, I mean, just kind of hitting line drives. He's just kind of lobbing the ball over the middle of the plate. It was fun, Mike. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of a childhood dream. I never imagined the first time I was in the old Bush Stadium watching the Cardinals play in, let's say, 1971, that someday I would be on the field getting to swing the bat. So it was kind of a dream. It was it was great. So a dream is something that's achievable through mm. sacrifice, planning, hard work, or if you can just afford it, right? I mean, yeah. let's say you want to ride a bike. Yeah. You, you've always dreamed of, of having a motorcycle. Well, you know what? If you've got $20,000 to go buy a used Harley, you yeah. can go buy a used Harley, uh, and you can make that dream. So I just think that re- rebooting dreams, living into dreams, if you've always had something you wanted to do, yeah, why not give it a shot? Why not? Yeah, you know, I hear sometimes about famous coaches who really, uh, basketball coaches in particular, who really hope to play basketball at a high level, and they never could. Didn't, Most, didn't happen they, for them. It didn't happen for them. But then uh, they kind of shift that dream to coaching. And some of them have achieved a whole lot. And I do think, to your point about what's a dream, what's a pipe dream, sometimes we may have some of the ingredients of the dream, uh, but we may have to do a little bit of adjustment and and, uh, make it uh, not maybe what we originally thought it would be, but still get to part of that dream. So I do think there's some negotiation we have to do within ourselves at times to hit the dreams that we have in front of us. And sometimes... Achieving those <clears throat> dreams, the the win is just putting yourself out there. Mm. You know, yeah. The, the win's just putting yourself. There out could be there. regret it, if you it, don't even try. Absolutely, and and I don't want to die someday having failed to live. I, I don't want to die having twenty things on my bucket list that I wish I would have done. Yeah. And I've done some crazy things in, in my life. I when I was in my mid twenties, I tried out for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you know, I, I used to write a lot of, of music, and I entered yeah. a lot of that music in things. Uh, this year, I, I wrote maybe my fourth book, but 
it went to number one in a category on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of a kind of a dream for me, maybe to have a number one book at, at some level in, in some kind yeah. of national worldwide way. Well, it doesn't happen if I don't write the book. Right. And so just putting yourself out there, making the effort. Let's say you've always wanted to play the guitar. Go take lessons. You say, well, I'm going to buy a guitar. Then you will have bought a decoration. Sign up for lessons. Right. Go get the guitar. If you would have just bought the bike and not gone and gotten licensed to drive it, yeah. that would have been a pretty big waste of money. Yeah. You know, you could have set it outside and, and shined it every day. Right. But putting yourself out there, uh, rebooting your dreams, I just think it's a big part of being happy. Shane, I think there's a big thread from this last episode and this episode about just putting yourself out there. And to be a game changer, that's a big part of it. Exactly. Just live live with no regrets. You know, if you have... I got to do something else this year. It's It's been a good year that way. But uh, I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I got to go to Egypt this year. That was a really wonderful thing. I also got to go with my son. That is the kind of thing uh, I'll never forget. And long after I'm gone, my my son will never forget. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Just reboot your dreams. And instead of asking, instead of just saying, well, I can't do this, there might be some stuff you can't do. I mean, Mm -hmm. if my dream was to high jump seven foot, that ship has sailed as well. But... What dreams are doable that you can still participate in? And I think you go after those. Shane, on that note, I really like what you do with the next one because there's just this – you always have this rational part of your thinking, your writing, your preaching. And number seven for a game-changing choice is choose where you expend your energy. Uh, We don't have unlimited energy, do we? We do not. So, Shane, what do you mean? Before you get – before you allow yourself to get angry, before you allow yourself to become frustrated, ask yourself uh, just a simple question. Is this worth my energy? Is this worth expending my energy? I try to live a very, uh, I, I get aggravated and some things I got very little patience on, but I do try to live a pretty uh, introspective life in the terms I, I make decisions. And even the things I'm impatient on, it's because mm-hmm. I've already decided I'm going to be impatient on those things, <laughs> to be frank with you. I've just already decided there are some things that I'm not going to show patience on because if I do, I build a sloppy culture. Mm-hmm. I'm a leader. I'm mm-hmm. not going to build a sloppy culture. So there's some mm-hmm. stuff I'm going to be impatient on. And that's, I hate to say it's on purpose, but it really, really is. So before you set, before you let somebody get to you, before you expend your energy, I would just say, is this worth it? A lot of times we expend energy on bad actors. And a good question to ask is just because somebody's behaving badly toward me, uh, is that really worth giving them my energy? Why Mm. should you get my energy because you don't know how to behave yourself or yeah. because you don't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Why Why should your bad behavior cost me right. energy? A few years ago, Mike, somebody, uh, I was at a conference or something, and, and they, they said, put, put four coins in your hand. And they said, that's how much energy you got in a day. So you've got to decide where you're going to spend those mm-hmm. coins. They said, first thing you need to do is realize work is going to take one or two of those coins. Yeah. Your family needs one or two of those coins. And the big idea was you can't give your co- one of four coins away to somebody just because they're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And I think that is a really good way to live. So just choose 
where you expend it, save your best energy for the people that actually love you. And Shane, you talk so much just to balance this out. You talked so much about living passionately. You talk so much about working hard. You, you live it. You talk about it all the time. But to your point, uh, we only have so much energy only so much. to give. So we have to choose where we're going to use it. Well, have you ever had, Mike, somebody just get under your skin, you sure. know, like work situation? Sure. They, they steal from you. They're thieves because mm-hmm. they steal your energy. So you go home, you're not able to give Valerie your mm-hmm. best self because they're in your head. You're not able to give your girls your best self. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have any fun that night, right? If you're on a motorcycle, you're, you're, you're thinking about them yeah. while you're going to Target to pick up milk. That's right. And so the reality is uh, choosing and making decisions and just saying, sometimes just literally saying to yourself, you don't get my energy. You don't get it. You're demanding it, but just because somebody demands it doesn't mean they get it. All right, so that's a game-changing choice. Number eight, choose to believe. Shane, how does someone choose to believe? Having something to believe in nurtures our spirit. It it gives circumstances context. It, It reminds us the cosmos is bigger than us and ours. Uh, having faith is important. There's, there's a Counting Crows song mm-hmm. that has a lyric, you know, I, I want to be someone who believes. I think we all want to be someone who believes. I, yeah. I think we all uh, have a revulsion to getting to the point where we are such uh, stark existentialists mm. that we just can't enjoy life. You know, a few years ago, I watched a Liam Neeson movie with computer-generated wolves. It was called The Gray. It was probably the the most uh, stark, existential, hopeless movie I've I've probably ever watched. That also uh, consisted of many, many unlikable characters. And, and so did you watch it to the end? I did because I kept hoping the computer-generated <laughs> wolves would eat all of the unlikable <laughs> characters, which indeed did happen. Spoiler alert! Spoiler. But uh, I, I think that having faith, mm-hmm. just just having belief, believing that there is a God, believing that God is in macro control, even in a fallen world, believing that history is going somewhere, mm-hmm. believing that you're loved, believe in that if you do the right thing, you'll get the right results. Mm-hmm. I just think belief is really important. And and if you can choose to believe, you're better off than if you can't. Thinking a little bit of our last episode, Shane. Which uh, was exciting, right? It, it was out of this world, yeah. top of the charts. Top of the charts. You didn't even have your vest on in the last episode. Yeah, what is this going to do I mean, with yeah, the vest? I feel, like, I feel like there's like a certain hard-nosed nature to you mm-hmm. now that you got the vest on. I think I'm, I'm demanding the yeah. respect of at least the a Com- biker nation. Demanding respect. I think that's the, what the vest says, right? Reverend Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. No, it's a plea. Please respect please. <laughs> please. That's right. Or please don't beat me up. That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, but you said, uh, you said something in the last episode about how's that going for you. Right. And I do wonder if there's some people out there, if they're choosing not to believe in God, choosing not to have that type of faith, I wonder how it's going for them. Because probably not well, and I just think that uh, that probably can hold true to this uh, point as well. I had a salient conversation with somebody last month, and uh, we were talking about inviting people to church and all that, and they said something to me I'll never forget. They said, I have had issues with the church my entire adult life, and they have gotten me nowhere. 
How's it working for you? Yeah. All right, let's move to number nine of game-changing choices. Choose to live healthy. This choice uh, is easier said than done, but it is possible. Shane, what do you mean by choose to live healthy? For me, that's always going to be attention to be managed, Mike. Uh, It's just always going to be attention to be managed. You've known me long enough now, and, and, you know, my... My 50s and 60s have been a squabble over 40 pounds. And I, I will get to about, you know, 220. Uh, and then I'll get down to 180. And, and then you, it goes back to 220. And, and it's all intentional. You know, I mean, if, if I didn't put the brakes at, at, at 220, there's no telling where we would go. <laughs> right now, I'm on the 180 side of things, you know. But I'm asked all the time. You know, boy, I bet you feel better now. You've lost all this weight. No, I felt better when I could eat pizza anytime I wanted, man. I felt great then. This is a lot more work. So things like eating smart, getting plenty of exercise, uh, living a bit more simply. uh, Those are things that I think we got to stay on top of. And we know they add quantity and probably quality to our lives. But it doesn't mean that they're easy or intuitive. It's a game-changing choice. And Shane, in our in our careers, we have a very stressful job. We do. And I feel like when I'm eating healthy and taking care of myself, it really helps day-to-day incredibly, and I feel it. And then when I'm not, I feel that as well. So I do think that there could be some people out there that if they just choose to live healthy, their weekly lives, uh, from managing stress to how they handle their relationships, could improve substantially. Well, Mike, if I medicated stress by eating donuts, things would be bad. I mean, things would be really, really bad. So I have to ask myself sometimes, how can I medicate stress in, in more healthy ways? Mm-hmm. If exercises, if exercise medicates your stress, you get one set of results. Yeah. If donuts medicate your stress, you get a very different set of results. Even living out the cabin, I imagine just kind of being away has been something helpful for your, for, for just living out there and doing all that work that you're doing. Well, living as remotely as we do now, Mm -hmm. there's two distinct advantages. One is I truly do get away from work. Mm. You live next door to the church. You're you're never really completely able to get away from work. I I get that. Most pastors aren't Mm because they live in a parsonage. Mm -hmm. And so There's that. And the other thing is there's an endless amount of things that need to be done when you live in a cabin in the middle of the woods. There's always 10 to 15 things on your to-do list. And so I don't need to go to the gym to work out because I literally work out. You know, I do work. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a really good thing for me. But I would just say when you think about health, don't think of health as the absence of illness. Think about health as as a lifestyle. Mm. And lifestyles are going to have to get sustainable. And if it's not sustainable, you won't stick with it. And one thing that's been really good for me in this particular run, I didn't lose 40 pounds by uh, doing some kind of crazy fad diet, that type of thing. Uh, I really lost the weight by eating better. Mm. And I... I'm one of the, they always say that when you get older your your palate gets more sophisticated and all it just didn't happen for me man I still really like pizza and cheeseburgers and milkshakes I mean everything I liked when I was 16 I like even better now and I probably got to the point I like vegetables and stuff I just didn't eat them and so with this 
uh, thing, I not only have started eating better, but I've also found some things I actually like. Mm. And part of it for me is just, I'm just going to throw a lot of hot sauce on almost everything to be able to eat it. But I've got some things I like now. When you start, when you start liking things, then it can become a lifestyle. When you're making yourself do things, it's not sustainable. All right. Final game changing choice. Choose to love. Now, Shane, there's a lot about love going on in the world right now. A lot about love. Love is love, they say. Love and a lot of people who are saying choose to love, there appears to be destruction everywhere. Yes. So what are your thoughts on choose to love here for a game-changing choice? Well, the big piece for me is that I used to say unconditional love does not necessitate unconditional approval. What I really think now is that unconditional love is the opposite of unconditional approval. If you tell somebody, no matter how badly you act, no matter how destructively you act, I approve of that. That is the opposite of love. God shows us what true love is. God says to us, you are loved unconditionally, but I will never tolerate your sin because that is going to destroy your soul. I love you too much to accept the sin in your life. And I think that becomes a really healthy model for love. So I'm just going to say that love does not require us to enter the dysfunction of other people. It doesn't require us to enter the drama of other people. But love is simply choosing to have people in your life, speaking the truth, staying at the table, sharing the journey. It's 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 giving and receiving, and one of the things that I tell people all the time: if you're only giving and giving, and you're not receiving anything, that's not the definition of love, because love is symbiotic. That's the definition of a parasite and a host. And whatever it is about the host that the parasite likes, it the host cannot fool themselves into thinking the parasite loves them. Uh, it may need them, yeah, but it certainly doesn't love them. So for me. Choose love, but love comes in healthy ways. Love is unconditional, absolutely unconditional in love, but it does not necessitate unconditional approval. To approve of things in other people that are going to destroy them is not loving. Yeah, can't have enabling behavior, right? You hear a lot about that with people who have loved ones who have addictions. Correct. That they keep trying to love them and really they're just enabling them to continue to be addicts. And I think to your point, what you're saying, the type of love um, that you're describing will not only love uh, choosing that type of love will not only bless the person who does it, but also the stopping of that enabling behavior will help the person that they were ultimately trying to love. Well, I think I think love is embracing a vision of the greater good for the object of that love. That greater good is is both eternal and it's it's planned for the long game here in this life. Uh, what is, if somebody's a raging alcoholic, what is it that they might think they need for the short-term good? They they may think they need booze. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go, you, you, you get that, you enable that, but that is a horrific long-term play. Mm-hmm. So sometimes unconditional love says to somebody, I I cannot tolerate, I love you too much to tolerate Mm. and much less enable these behaviors in you. 
Shane, this is uh, concluding uh, the second episode. We've given a total of 10 game-changing choices that will help people if they put them into action today. Do you have any concluding thoughts? Yeah, one thing I would suggest that our, our listeners do is is talk about these things with with people. Just have discussion around these things because I believe that healthy lives are lived intentionally. They're, they're just lived intentionally. And so when we talk about our choices, when we discuss those choices with other, whether you agree or disagree with my choices, who, with, with what I'm saying, who cares? <laughs> if it's not working well, what, if you, what you're doing is not working well, I would suggest maybe that you might want to consider some of this. Sure. But uh, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. But I do think it's important that these ideas, these choices are things that you can discuss, things that you can talk about. Because as we do that, we live a more contemplative life. And for me, the secret of living is living an examined life and living according to choices we make. Otherwise, we'll always see our lives as being utterly out of control and we'll envision ourselves as stranded on an endless ocean in a raft without a sail, rudder, or motor. And I honestly believe that when Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have life abundantly, we got a lot of choice as to how we're going to live the one life we have on this earth. That concludes the second part of game-changing choices that you can make. Thank you for joining us. For Navigating Change with Shane and Mike, if you want to hear more from Shane, remember, just visit RevShaneBishop.com. If you'd like to hear more from me, visit RevMikeBlue.com. Thanks for joining us. And remember, 